If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This podcast is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening here today. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Reclaim Me. I'm your host, Madeline Heather. Reclaim Me is a true crime podcast told by those at the centre of those crimes, the victim survivors. The general public often hears stories of victim survivors through the lenses of perpetrators or the media, and we're changing that narrative here. These interviews are raw and honest, so a word of warning is necessary as discussion and topics may be triggering or distressing for some listeners, so please use your discretion. If you need help or support, please see the suggested resources in the show notes of this episode or contact your local crisis service. Hey, legends, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Reclaim Me. I did want to give you a shout out. Thank you so much to everybody who took the time to go and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on every all of the other platforms. It does really help. If you haven't already, please go and leave a five-star review and actually leave some words for me there. I mean, it's a great way to communicate the way that you feel about this podcast. And, and if you feel like this podcast is something that resonates with you and you want it to reach other people, 
please do that. Additionally, please try and go out and share this with at least one person. I'm really trying to spread the Reclaim Me word and every one of you can individually help so much with that goal. But now I do want to get on to this week's episode. Today I'm joined by an incredible woman, a young woman from Sydney, Australia. Her name is also Maddie. Uh, she's somebody who has experienced sexual assault and she'll go into her de- her story in more detail as we get into the episode. I did just want to give you an additional trigger warning. In this episode, Maddie will go into a little bit more detail than you have heard on some previous podcast episodes. Now on this podcast, something that I champion so wholeheartedly is that I want victim survivors to be able to talk about their experiences in their own words. I'm never going to edit what people say and make the way that they want to tell their story different from how they want it. Every victim survivor on this podcast has post-production rights. They give me the final sign-off. And the reason that I've made it that way is to make it as victim-centric and as trauma-informed as I possibly can. Some people that you've heard before will gloss over different topics. Some people go into more detail. It's just the way that it is. And I thought I would just give you that reminder at the beginning of this episode. So please look after yourselves. But without further ado, here is my episode with the amazing Maddie. Today, I'm joined by a fellow Australian, Madeline. Welcome. (laughs) Other Maddie, hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, I am so excited that I have you on. We had a really good chat the other night and I was laughing about it a little bit because I saw Maddie spelled M-A-D-I, which is how I spell my name, had booked in with me and I was like, did I weirdly <laughs> book in yeah. a meeting with myself? <laughs> Just testing out the hardware. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw your name, I was like, oh my God, it's like mine. And then I saw it with Madeline and I was like, this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> never ever happens, but I love it so much. <laughs> But thank you for joining us today. Um, Do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you get up to in your spare time, all those things? All that does. Um, Yeah, so also Maddie, name's Maddie. Um, I am based in Sydney um, at the moment, been here for about 10 years. I can't say bye to the sunshine here. (laughs) Um, But originally from rural Victoria, so down where you are, but a bit more rural. Um, And yeah, I literally live in a little piece of paradise on the northern beaches, and my week looks like work. And then enjoying the beach when it's sunny it's after two weeks of rain we finally have it today so <laughs> plan on making the most out of that <laughs> absolutely and is it it's not um flooding up there is it no we have like horrible rain all week but I don't think it's flooded anywhere but we're preparing for uh Nina to come back this summer apparently two weeks ago they officially announced it's the wettest year ever in Sydney so um we've made it (laughs) but uh yeah it's a bit frustrating because we went from like what was it 2019 bushfires to 2020 2021 COVID with all our summers so we haven't had a really nice summer where you could enjoy it for several years now (laughs) it's actually insane though isn't it um Melbourne's just going through this weekend of horrible weather um, all of the rivers have overflown. There's mass flooding everywhere. It's a little bit scary. Like one of the bridges to get to my parents' house is completely underwater. It's oh like if people say climate change doesn't exist, like I don't know how you don't. It feels like an apocalypse right now. Like it's like <laughs> it's really weird feeling because it's really sunny outside at the moment, but there's so much like water damage everywhere. It's just weird. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, but so like, even though it's sunny today, it's still definitely muddy everywhere because like, but it's so conflicting. And I think that's like, I love growing up in Australia. I love being Australian. I'm very proud of that. But we do like, we get the extremes. Like I remember most like summers, like we'll have bushfires down here in Victoria and in New South Wales. And then you go up to Queensland two weeks later and they're in horrible floods. And it's like... (laughs) It's like, why do we love it again? <laughs> I know. And then it's just like, oh, don't worry about it. But all of the animals are trying to now save themselves from the flood. So, you know, there's just spiders and snakes and stuff <laughs> just like everywhere. Like, I'm I don't- live on like a higher level in my apartment. But yeah. I want to like hide from like animals. <laughs> Bloody terrifying at times. Um, but that's amazing. Um and I'm, I'm, I didn't know that you were a fellow Victorian, so that's cool as well too, Maddie's from Victoria. Born and bred. But you are here today as well because we did catch up uh, recently earlier this week about sharing your story and you've recently gone through um, a court case and a lot of other things. Do you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about where that comes from and where that started for you? Yeah, no, of course. Um, so my story story in regards to all that really started back in 2020 um so really before that time um and before it all happened I was uh working for flight center um with for people overseas is a very renowned travel agent here it's the biggest one in Australia and they're overseas and everything um and uh, like to be honest my life was really good um I'd worked for them for five six years by that point I was managing my own store I was doing several international trips overseas each year I was loving my life um but I guess the one thing that was missing was like at the time I didn't have a partner um so that got me to online dating because for me it was the one thing I was like life is good career is good family's good um but then also at the same time 2020 as everyone would know COVID hit (laughs) so things changed for me very quickly um so essentially it went from being great at work and then start of the year you know people would start to call and be like are we okay to travel and everyone didn't know no one knew what was going on and in our heads we were just told like everything would be fine so I was like yeah it will be done I had a trip booked in March um February March so I actually went overseas a week before Australia lockdown I got back (laughs) so I got it right on in in last minute um but yeah and so essentially got back and the world just turned into chaos Uh, I ended up getting sick not with COVID but everyone assumed so I went into lockdown and I started talking to a guy online uh, from Tinder I think and talked to him for a few weeks at the start of it um but it just got too much for his mental health um so at the stage I was back on to Tinder a little bit upset because I thought we had a really good connection and really yeah just looking for someone new and someone to connect with um and so that's when I matched with him um and yeah it was start of April so I don't know if you remember what it was like back then but at the end of March Australia had locked down and then we had all obviously Victoria was different but here in Sydney we went into lockdown so all restaurants were closed everything was closed people were working from home um, if they could everything like that Um, so we matched and we were talking for about a week on Tinder Um, and usually 
Um, I would never naturally go to someone's house when I first meet them, but back then you don't have a choice. <laughs> you weren't allowed out of your house. Um, so yeah, and not to judge anyone, like that's just my own view. Like for me, I don't go to someone's house. I don't know the first time I will meet them in public for a coffee or dinner. They're, they're my standards, less said, done. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this one time it was, yeah, we couldn't, we literally couldn't. So um yeah, he invited me over um, that night. Well, a week later, it was a Saturday, um, and asked me to come over. And um, yeah, so essentially, we were texting back and forth. And I I played a game with him at that time. I was just very bored with online dating. So he had asked for my number on the Saturday um, to move off Tinder. And I was like, oh, if you can guess the last digit in three guesses, I'll give it to you. If you don't, like, you don't get the number. Um, because I'm petty like that. (laughs) (laughs) Really just bored out there in lockdown. Um, But yeah, he uh, guessed it twice, got it wrong. Final guess, he got the final number right. So I was like, all right, well, you get the number. Um, And then, yeah, he asked me to come over that night and I was really like iffy. I was just like, oh, well, what do you have planned? Because like, he was like, oh, we can do whatever. Like we can just do dinner and movies. And so we were texting back and forth and I was really just like tired because I was dealing with a lot of stress and cancellations and abuse at work. And we were really uncertain. I had to put a lot of my staff on stand down the previous week. So I was just tired and I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, And so and I also just wanted to make it really clear where I stood. So I ended up like texting him and be like, he's like, let's do dinner and movies. And I was like, okay, but to make it crystal clear, like I don't have sex in my first date. It's just who I am. So if that's what you're after from this, like I'm not going to be the girl for you and this isn't going to be the right thing. And he ended up responding and being like, oh, that actually makes me like you more and stuff like that. I was like, okay. Um, and then we kept texting. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come over. And he ended up being like well do you want to smoke a joint while you're here and I was like well I, I'm pro join it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also like well if I smoke I can't drive home afterwards so he's like oh you can stay over and I was like okay but like again like nothing's gonna happen like and he's like and he sent me a photo and he's like oh like my bed is two double beds wide like it's like we're sleeping in different beds and I would never do anything to make you uncomfortable so I'm a very trusting person and it's probably to do with my growing up and the family I grew up with and growing up rural and everyone's lovely. So I just naturally believe the best in people and I take them at their word. So in my eyes, I was like, okay, well, I've reiterated several times. Um, So yeah, I agreed to go over um, and he lived not too far away from me so it was a few suburbs away it was only a 20 minute drive so they agreed on a time and I packed an overnight bag um with like pajamas and stuff and clothes for the next day and my toothbrush figures yeah um and yeah I drove over to his house and I got there um and like I I struggled to find his apartment actually it was really hard to find I got really lost there was several doors and I was like oh my god which one are you so I ended up having and that's how I know when the police come in and ask when I got there I knew because I had sent a photo being like is this your front door (laughs) um so I mean 
Um, but yeah, I knew exactly when I got there. I'm from that. Um, and yeah, so he was like the top level of his apartment complex. So I had to walk up four flights of stairs, so a bit huffed. <laughs> uh, and he opened the door, let me in. And, you know, it was fine to start with. Um, we went into his room so I could put my bag in um, and then came back into the lounge room and ordered um, Uber Eats. Um, we decided on Thai food. And then while that was coming, we went out on the balcony and smoked the joint um and like it was fine like you know we were just conversing things were normal like it's like a first date you're getting to know each other I don't feel uncomfortable or anything like that um but I didn't know whether I liked him that was the biggest thing like sometimes I don't know for you other Maddie (laughs) um but sometimes for me like sometimes the connection's instant but sometimes it does take me a while to sort of grow into that sort of you know liking someone um and so we moved back onto the couch the food was delivered we picked a movie which was a quiet place I don't know if you've seen it uh (laughs) Yeah. What a movie to watch as well. Uh, like, it's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I um I power through horror movies. I'm very good with thrillers. Um, most people, yeah, like I was watching one uh, off topic, but I was watching it the other day with my housemates and I live with the guided gal and they're both like screaming through it and like we were watching conjuring and I'm just laughing. I find it hilarious when people freak out. <laughs> works well for me (laughs) so I would be there I'd be like in the corner crying yeah I can watch a murder documentary and be okay like I don't know like the true crime of it for me is okay yeah the thriller side of it I can't I can't handle like I know that (laughs) I run like from the toilet to bed at night I run because I'm scared (laughs) that there's gonna be a monster under my bed that's gonna get my feet (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, my housemates are like that. You get along very well with them. <laughs> but it sounds like like this night for you was like, it was going well. Like it sounds like, you know, at least like you're saying like you weren't sure if you liked him, but you didn't feel uncomfortable. And it's like something that you're you're having fun with. And I think, you know, in the midst of what you're going through and you painted a really good picture as well, because it's like you know, at this time and flight center ended up basically shutting down and, and, you know, my, my sister actually was a flight center manager as well. Yeah. And everybody lost their jobs. Like everybody, there's not many people that stayed around at flight center and it's been a horrible thing for many people. So you're, you've got this uncertainty about your career. You're getting abused all of the time because you've gone from one thing to completely another canceling every flight and having to cancel every well, booking and deal with people. Yeah, you've got the uncertainty in your life. You've just come back. You're not feeling well as well. You've got all of these new rules with uh, the restrictions because yeah. I don't think yours were as 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 restricted as Melbourne's were. But it, you know, you were still restricted from doing most things. So like you've you've got a lot going on in your life, and you know, for you to kind of go, you know, what, I just want to go over to this guy's house, even if we don't jam, and yeah. just have a night, smoke a joint, watch a movie. And just go from there. Like, it sounds like a really nice, normal thing that most people would do. And, you know, I I would be the same that I wouldn't be going to somebody's house. But during COVID, things changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you've been chatting to this guy as well and it's just like normal, no red flags are popping up, you're feeling okay and it just seems like that's the only way you're going to do it anyway, then, I mean, I don't have anything that I would do differently in this situation at all. Like I completely understand what you mean by where you were at this stage. Yeah, exactly. And like looking back, like, 
you can think of a thousand things you could do differently to change the outcome. But like looking back, I never felt like I'd put myself in an unsafe situation because it was the time. And like looking back, like it's so fascinating how things align to get to this moment in time. Like, and for a while I held so much anger at the world for like, how did this happen? How did we get to this point? Because like, you know, if COVID didn't happen, then I would probably still be seeing the guy I was seeing who I liked. If COVID didn't happen, my mum was, it was the week after Easter, my mum was coming back for me, with me, um, from where I grew up in regional Victoria on the Monday spending that weekend with me. So if her flight wasn't cancelled and there wasn't restrictions coming from Victoria to New South Wales, my mum would have been there that weekend and I never would have met this guy. So, so much had to align to get me into this situation. For a while, I held so much anger at that. I was like, well, like, it's almost like I... I don't believe in fate, but it was like fate had a line to get me there and the <laughs> precursors and like, you know, it, it was the situation. Otherwise we would have been out for coffee. We would have been out for dinner instead. And I never would have ended up at his place. So absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it is that sliding doors type moment where, you know, you've yeah. a couple of key things have happened that have led you here. Um, so you said that you were like sitting there, eat, like the Thai food came and you're watching a quiet place. Yeah. What what happened as you were watching it and, and how did it go from there? Yeah. So going on from there. So we were watching the movie. It was um we got the Thai food. It was weirdly the worst Thai food I had ever eaten. <laughs> I remember I got what I love, uh beef and black bean, and that it's one of my choices. And it was just like inedible. So I'm like trying to eat it to be polite. I was like, oh my God, this tastes like crap. <laughs> So I think I ate like a third of the meal and like I had brought because it was just after Easter a packet of Easter eggs and he had went and got snacks from like the 7-Eleven down the road. So I think I just like ate chips instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had like his lounge room. It was like a two-seated couch. So it was a very small couch and it was leather and in April and Sydney, it was still quite warm. So like I was in like a summer dress and it was hot and I was just like a bit like, oh, like uncomfortable on leather. <laughs> um, but he was right next to me and he was quite tall um, and takes up a lot of space. I'm like five foot four. And this guy, I think he was like six two, six one, six two. So bit of height difference. But yeah, as I said, I wasn't sure how I was feeling about him. So like throughout the movie, he tried to attempt it like three times where he'd put his right arm on my left leg next to me, just like, you know, I think like naturally wanting to like hold hands to the scary parts. But I was very like, because I'd never been in the situation and it didn't want to give the wrong impression that anything was going to happen. And I didn't know if I liked him. So I just didn't hold his hand. Every time he put it there, he just left it there. And I was just ignoring it. Like nothing was happening. I straight up that maybe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like he tried and I was just like, yeah, nah, nah, not holding your hand. Nothing's yeah. Um, and so what's the movie? He didn't push, like he didn't remove his hands after a couple of minutes when I didn't like, um, give anything back to him. Movie finished. He wanted to smoke another joint and I, I didn't want it. So I was like, no, I'm good. So he went outside and smoked the joint and I stayed, um, on the couch and he came back and he's like, oh, are you? you ready for bed it's like oh like I'm not really tired yet so we put on a a documentary it was just both that week we had watched um Tiger King if you remember that it was like all the rage at this time like 
it was like number one. Everyone was talking about it. Um, so we had Beth Venice Ladoka that week. And but he knew that he had been um interviewed on a show that was, I think it was on Stan, um, by Louis the Dorks or something. I don't know. He like goes and meets people and he had met the Target King a few years before. So we just put that on. And I like fell asleep towards the end of that. I was like falling asleep on the couch. So once that was done, he's like, okay, let's move to the bedroom. And I was like, okay um but yeah and then I just got I got like nervous because I was just like oh I'm moving to the bedroom like I don't want like anything to happen so I went into the corner of his room (laughs) I was so awkward (laughs) I went into the corner of his room and had like my bag with my pajamas as I said and like I turned to face the corner of the room just so like I wouldn't show him anything while I got changed because I was like I don't want him to see anything because like I don't know if I'll see him again and I don't want him to give the wrong ideas I remember I pulled up my shorts underneath my dress and then like I pulled on my um top um and then took off my dress underneath so I made sure I didn't like show any skin and I I remember even packing for that night and I just like everything I wanted to make sure clear like I wasn't there for sex because like I didn't put on makeup I didn't do anything I picked my dorkiest pajamas I'm a huge Harry Potter fan they were Harry Potter Peter Alexander pajamas so it's like a long sleeve shirt that is like the equivalent of one of their house shirts that they wear and it had like a fake tie and like it showed nothing and then the shorts are like like down to my knees and they have the little different Harry Potter characters cartoons on them like unsexual non-sexy like I look like a nerd and I was all for it Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. <laughs> but yeah, finished getting changed and I turned around and um, he's must have gotten changed or something and he's already in bed on like his side of the bed and he's shirtless and I don't know what he had underneath because like he had the dinner pulled up so I was like oh okay um and I just I just wanted to make it clear so I got in on the other side of the bed which he had it was literally two double mattresses so it was bloody so much space between us turned to the wall opposite him and face the wall (laughs) just to make it clear I was like I'm going to sleep. Nothing is happening. Um, and yeah, and he's like, oh, like, do you want to sleep? And I was like, yeah, I'm really tired. And he's like, oh, can we at least cuddle then? And in my head, as I said, I'm always, and it's something I'm learning better now, but I've always been a people pleaser. And like, in my head, I was like, you are being such a bitch, Maddie. Like he's had you over, he's giving you his weed, he's brought you dinner, like, and you're just like, just being rude. And I just felt bad. And like, looking back now, like where I am now, it's like, oh my God, you should have just said, fuck off, you're going to sleep. Like, But in my head, I was like, oh, I can't be rude. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, So he came over and like spooned me from behind um and then um you know we were in that position and we were just chit-chatting and he's like oh can I kiss you and again I was like I just want to sleep but I was like I don't want to be rude so I let him kiss me I was like okay so he kissed me and like turned me around and like um after like a minute or so of kissing his hand started drifting and like it was on my stomach and went to drift up onto my chest and I said no don't and like pulled his hand away and stopped and he rolled away and rolled over back to his side of the bed and again like we talked for several minutes and just talking about life like you know we didn't we had talked for a week on tinder but it was very you know like very um superficial level you know how was your day and stuff like that and you know so talking about his family or talking about his work and stuff like that and then you know after a few minutes of talking he comes back and starts kissing me again and again his hand goes to my stomach then then goes to my chest and like so this continues and I'll continue but throughout the night like at every stage in my head I was just like and I don't know if it was weird but I was like well maybe if I let him touch my boob maybe that will be enough and maybe then we can go to sleep so like this time I'm I would let him touch my boob over my top and then he did that for a minute or so and then he went to move it underneath and again I'd be like no don't so then he'd roll away we'd talk for a minute or so then he comes back and again starts the same thing so we'd start with a kiss and then start with my breast over the top then move underneath 
Um, and again, so then I would let him feel it for a few minutes and then he'd um, move his hand and went to move it down to my shorts. And again, I pulled him away and I was like, no, don't um, stop. And he rolled away and then we kept talking. But this time he like left his hand like on my knee. So he had moved it away from where he was, but moved it to my knee. And then uh, we were talking, I think we were talking about Tinder and like if we had any relationships. And throughout that, he was stroking like my leg. And the more we talked, the higher it got to the point where he ended up at the end coming back, kissing me and stroking above my underwear. Um, and did that for like a minute and then again went to go underneath my underwear and I grabbed his hand and moved it away and then he rolled off and this time he actually exclaimed um he's like he's like you know I could just like put it inside you right and I was like sorry and he's like you know I could just put it inside you and I was like no you can't that's rape and he's like no it's not like you're in my bed and like at this time, like I sort of like remarked, I sort of got out. Like looking back, you have twenty twenty hindsight. But at the time, I was just like, "What drug with you?" And I'm like trying to. I was like, "I was like, yeah, I'm in your bed, but I'm telling you no." So like that is right. He's like, "But you know what I mean? Like I'm not a stranger." Like I was like, "Yeah, I get you're not a stranger. I'm not walking down the street in the middle of the night, but I have told you no, so that's rape." Um. And I got really angry at this conversation, I think, naturally, as you would as anyone. Um, And so I had rolled back over and faced the wall and didn't want anything to do with him. And so he ended up coming over after a couple of minutes and like spooning me, I think, like trying to apologize and like to warm me back up and stuff like that. Um, And then he ended up like being like, um, can I kiss you again so I was like okay so I let him kiss me and again went through it all got back to my underwear put it underneath and he started fingering me um and then he pulled off my shorts and my underwear I didn't stop him I was still in my top he pulled off his underwear um and was fingering me for like a minute and then like like it was enjoyable like I'm not gonna deny it um but like at the same time in my head, I was like, I just want to sleep. <laughs> I I just want to go to bed. Um, and he ended up pulling my hand towards his penis. Uh, and I like, as soon as I realized and it got quite close, I like pulled away and I was like, that's not happening tonight. Um, and again, so we rolled away and then I think we, I, I, I think I ended up asking him, I forgot the exact wording, but I was like, you're really horny. Like, have you not had sex in a while? And then he's like, oh, no, I had sex three days ago. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, does that upset you? And I was like, oh, no. I just like, yeah. He's like, oh, well, if it helps, it wasn't any good. And I was like, <laughs> my head, I was like, I didn't know what to say. But I was like, that doesn't bother me. I'm just wondering why. Like, I keep not telling you no and just stopping. You roll away, but you always come back. Like, I've never, like, I've had partners. I've had boyfriends. And I've never had someone being so consistent to you say knowing you don't want to do something. Like, by this stage, it was the fifth time. And every time I'd be, like, in my head, I was like, why isn't he getting it? Like, I keep stopping him. Like, why won't he just leave me alone? Like, it's... I think by then it was like 1230 at night. Like I was tired. I just didn't understand. And that was my thought process. I was like, maybe he's just really horny. He hasn't had sex for a while. Um, but then, yeah, I was like, okay, well, it was a few days ago. I was like, why won't you just let me sleep then? Um, 
and he's like oh yeah and like ended up like coming back over and he ended up like fingering me and then again it's like okay and then he ended up turning me around because I was on my stomach and like I hated having to admit this to people like sex is a very private thing so I felt like now like I'm fine talking about it but he like fingered me and he fingered like had a finger in my asshole as well it was fingering both sides and I was in that position for a minute or two and he like moved me to my hands and my knees but I got really nervous because I realized I was like he's behind me and he's naked and I can't see what he's doing behind me I just got really uncomfortable I was like I can't see him like he could do anything back there so I was like no please don't stop and like he stopped and sat back down next to me and again we talked for a few minutes and again like he came back but this time he rolled on top of me and I just like froze because it was like he's on top of me he's a lot bigger than me he's like don't worry I won't put it in and I was like okay and by this time I had stopped enjoying myself I was just exhausted I was just like why won't he stop but I never like stopped him when he would come back like so for me this wasn't anything like even though I didn't want it like I enjoyed parts of it to me like when it came to the police like to me this was consensual because even though I didn't want it to happen I didn't stop him at this stage um and so this at this point he just started dry humping me um which is something (laughs) you know I was at the stage 27 he's 26 I was like are we like 15 year old teenagers like what are we doing here so I'm just laying there like sort of like in my head like I'm not enjoying this what is this and he's like yeah like humping but he's like humping on my stomach and it was just like I was just like what is happening like what is this I was like in my head I was just like please just get it done so I can sleep um so he did and I'm literally laying there doing nothing um then all of a sudden he got up from the bed and started moving towards his wardrobe and I was like what are you doing where are you going he's like oh I'm going to get condoms and instantly I'm just like why are you getting condoms we're not having sex tonight and he by the stage was back at the end of the bed with the condom and he just like drops it onto the bed and then like crawls over and back on top of me and I was like no please don't get off me um and he's like don't worry I promise I'm not gonna put it inside you and me being trusting me believing him I was like okay I've made it crystal clear at this moment in time we're not having sex and he has promised me so my head I just naturally believed him so he starts again dry humping me um and rubbing his erect penis against my vagina and I wasn't enjoying it I'm literally frozen there I'm not moving at all and he continues that for about a minute and then he puts it in um and I just I froze for the it was about 10 seconds I froze for and in my head I was just like but he said he wouldn't like I was like oh my god like <laughs> I was like what like you just promised me like and so I just froze and I was like what do I do like I don't want this um and my body, like, it's all about fight or flight. And I know people have so many different reactions, but it took me about 10 seconds. Like, no, I don't want this. And I'm making this clear. So I started fighting him. So he's 
continuously entering me on and off and I stopped fighting as I said he's a lot bigger and he's above me so I start trying to push off his chest and I was like no please don't please don't do this I don't want this and I'm pushing and every time I push out his chest he pushes back down onto me and he's so much bigger I don't have the strength to get him off me so he again keeps like entering me and thrusting and so I move my hands down to his hips and I try to hold him out of me but he keeps thrusting back so every time he thrusts in I'm pushing him out and I was like please don't and I just kept repeating myself I was like please don't do this I've said no no please stop please stop and it goes for about a minute and a half to two minutes where I just continuously try to push him out I go back to his chest I'm slapping his chest and he's just unresponsive he's completely I don't know where he was, but he was not taking in what I was saying to him. And he just ignored me. And like, he didn't try to fight back at me, but he just wouldn't listen. And he just completely ignored what I was saying. So it was like a minute of me just fighting, be like, please don't, and trying to slap him. I'm slapping at his chest. And after that, he, he does, he rolls off me. He hasn't ejaculated and he lies next to me. And I've just entered the state of shock and I, I'm not comprehending what's happening, but my head's working through it in like a very jungle state that I've just had sex. I need to pee so I don't get a UTI. So I turned to him and I was like, where's the bathroom? And he directs me. And so I go in and I pee. And I remember sitting there on that toilet being like, no one knows where I am no he lives by himself and I would just become very aware of my situation at that moment in time it's like my colleagues and friends know I have a date they don't know his address they don't know his they knew his first name and that was it I was like what's going to happen if I go back in there and say you've raped me like is he going to get violent he's just proved that he can overpower me my bag with my car keys are on his side of the double double bed can I make it to them and run out the door half naked before he can stop me and drag me back in and all of this is going through my mind in a a thousand miles a minute and I was like I what do I do what is the safest outcome for me in this situation where I can survive this because I don't know this bird and I don't know what he'll do if I react saying he's raped me so gathered all my courage washed my hands and I went back into the room and it's just like when I first went in there I just got in on my side of the bed turned and faced the wall away from him and he's like are you okay just didn't respond did not respond and he's like I need to finish myself off again no response for me he's like can I touch you and I think I just nodded because I didn't want to anger him but I don't want to say yes because I didn't want him anywhere near me so he grabbed my at this stage I was still in my top but my bottom half was naked so he just continued to touched my butt and caress it for about one or two minutes until he got himself off um and then he left to go to the bathroom to I assume cleaned himself off I didn't follow him but he comes back in and he says something that I had blocked out of my memory afterwards for months I I don't know I must have done it to protect myself um but ever since it's come back I don't think I could ever forget these words but he comes back in and he's like Sorry about that. I was really horny. I'm sane again now. Implied. And in my head, I was like, 
you just raped me because you're claiming you were insane because you were, I was like, who the fuck says that? I was like, what is wrong with you? That's not an excuse. I don't care how horny you are. I don't care. I'm fucking walking around your place naked, touching myself. It gives you no right to do what you've just done to me. Um, So he gets back into the bed and he's like, do you want to sleep? And I was just like, yes. And then he's like, he's like can I at least cuddle you so he comes over to my side of the bed and I'm like rigid like in a fetal position like curled up he like curves his body against mine and I don't move I'm like fucking stone so after like a minute I can tell he's very uncomfortable so he rolls over back on his side I had already made a plan I was like as soon as he's asleep I'm getting my shit I'm getting out of here so I wait and the first time it was about five to ten minutes it took him to go to sleep and he started snoring and he had pre-warned me in the text he snored so I was like okay I'll know when he's asleep so I started snoring and so I'm already against the bed but his bed's against the wall so there's probably enough room for one leg and for me to shuffle like shuffled my way against the wall out of the bed and that was my plan so I wait till he's snoring and then I start to get out of the bed but his bed frame's really creaky so the first time he wakes up and he's like are you okay and I'm just like oh I I just want my drink bottle which had fallen down the side of the bed so I get that drink it put it back down again he comes over cuddles and then moves away falls back asleep waiting for the snoring this time I get like a leg out and then the snoring stops so I just slowly pull it back in wait for the snoring again the third time probably five again 10 minutes later I get both my legs out and I'm like half standing when he turns around he's like what are you doing and so I just like (laughs) I naturally was just like oh I have a headache do you have Panadol and he goes to his kitchen to get Panadol as soon as he's out of that room, grabbing myself, pulling my shorts and grabbing my bag and I meet him at the door to his room. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I just, I want to be in my own bed. And he's like, oh, okay. I hope it wasn't something I did. And I shot the pen at all with what little water I had left. Um, And I think he said, get home safe. And I like run out the door. And then it was... I still know the time because as soon as I'm at that store, I start crying. I start messaging any friend I could think of who may be awake. So one forty-seven, I'm at that door. I'm texting everyone being like, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you awake? Because I don't want to drive. I had I had had um, weed that night and I don't, besides smoking the weed, I don't break the law like that. So I was just like, I don't want to drive. But I'm like inconsolable. My body is inconsolable controllably shaking my arms are shaking I can barely text so I get to my car and it's as I said April so the weather's changing so darts are really cold so I'm like freezing as well and I'm sitting in my car no one responds to me besides my best friend at the time who is in Canada so it's daytime for us and she's like yeah she's like why are you awake and like obviously these messages were used for the trial um but I was just I was in like this state of shock and I just, I couldn't comprehend what had happened to me. Like I couldn't, I just kept saying to her by message, I was like, I can't believe he did it. I can't believe she's like, what, what did he do? You scared me. It's like, I said, no, I said, no, like I didn't want it. And she's like, what are you talking about? Who is this? And I was like a guy from Tinder. She's like, what did he do? And I was like, 
I was like, he put it inside and I tried to fight him off me. And she's like, oh my God, like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in my car. Like, I need to get home. I don't know how to get home. And she's like, oh, do you want me to call you and I'll stay on the phone with you while you drive? And I was like, yeah, but there could be cops on the bridge because there's a quite a famous bridge between our houses and they always do breathalyzers. So it's like, I'll stay on the phone. And I was like, to be fair, if they pull me over, I'd just be fucking crying anyway. So I start driving with her. The whole time she's talking to me and trying to calm me down and I'm just crying and crying and crying. It's like, I don't. And she's like... She's like, you need to tell someone. And I was like, no, I don't. I just need to get home and shower. I just want to shower. That's all I wanted in my brain. I just wanted him off me. I wanted everything off me. I didn't want anything to do with him. Um, and so it's like a 20-minute drive back from his house. And she's on the phone with me the whole time. And she does calm me down to a point. And I was like, in my head, and this is like, I love Australia, but at the same time, I as a woman I just was unaware of what happened so she's like just go to the hospital I was like no I don't want the police to know and both me and her didn't know you could go to the hospital and not have it reported to the police didn't know that (laughs) um and so she ends up convincing me because in my head I just kept being like it's not rape she's like it's rape and I was like no it's not like I went there I went there and I let him do other things to me so it's not she's like you tried to fight him off and I was like yeah but I went there for me from that night it was just self-blame like it was my fault I asked for it and I'm gonna conclude part one with Maddie right there and what a powerful place to finish on I think so many victim survivors can understand and empathize with a feeling that they were at fault or guilt and shame associated with that. And as you'll hear in part two next week with Maddie, her thoughts and feelings did change throughout the process, but I want you to hear it from her first and not from me. We'll be back next Wednesday with part two of the story with Maddie, but thank you so much. For listening to Reclaim Me. Another reminder at the end of this episode to please go rate and review the podcast of Reclaim Me wherever you possibly can. Share the word, spread it out loud, share it on your social medias, tell a friend about it. Anything you can do to support me and this podcast is an amazing thing and I really am grateful for every one of you and everything that you've done to support me so far. Additionally, you can follow us on social media. So we are on Instagram at Reclaim Me Pod. Uh, we are on TikTok at Reclaim Me. We have LinkedIn at Reclaim Me. We have a Facebook page at Reclaim Me as well. If you want to get into contact with me, I'm at MadHeat underscore on Instagram and the same thing on TikTok as well. You can contact me um, if you go to the bottom of the show notes for this page and you want to submit for yourself, you want to come and and share your story on this or if you're an expert and you want to come and have a chat with me on this platform and podcast as well then shoot me an email or send me a dm i try to respond to everybody as quickly as i possibly can additionally to that we do have the survivor support network so if you go into the link tree or if you look in the show notes for this episode you will find a facebook link to that group now it is an amazing space that it is a peer to peer network for victim survivors to work together, to build community, to talk about things that they want to. Through that, 
I do organize a heap of different events as well. So if you want to come to one of our regular walks, if you're in Melbourne, uh, then come along with me. If you want to come to just a general chat drop-in session, we can do that. And there's some other fun events that I'm going to be organizing soon in the lead up to Christmas. So please come and join. If you are a victim survivor or an ally, you can join the Survivor Support Network as well and meet a lot of your friends. This is a a place to meet your people. Um, So if you want to come and join that as well, then please do. this is a community. It's not just a podcast. So please come and join us along the journey. But thank you again, everybody, so much for listening to Reclaim Me. Bye.